you're listening to the Business of Branding podcast. If you are a creative female entrepreneur ready to connect with more of those heck yes clients, build an irresistible brand, and allow growing your business to feel easier than ever before, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Nikki Arnsman, a brand designer and strategist, a mama, and a little bit of a serial entrepreneur. On this podcast, I share all the strategies, tips, and lessons learned that have helped me build and scale an aligned business. My hope is that the content here will inspire you to go out and do the same for yourself. Welcome to our next episode of the Business of Branding podcast. I am here um, with Jessica Abba. We are talking about um, PR, getting comfortable on social media and having a healthy relationship with social media, um, how to go from camera shy to camera ready. Uh, Jessica and I have worked together in the past. She is a sought after media trainer and storytelling coach who uses her 20 years of journalism experience to help entrepreneurs, um, C-suite executives, celebrities, and philanthropists share their stories with the world. So whether she's helping clients write a book, prepare for a keynote, um, get ready to ace an on-air interview, she enjoys diving into each person's life story, helping them excavate the moments that made them who they are today. Um, She does one-on-one coaching and workshops. She breaks down the do's and don'ts when it comes to PR and helps her clients develop the confidence they need to no longer fear or dread public speaking, which I think a lot of us can so relate to if that's not our real wheelhouse and and or the thing that we're most comfortable doing. Um, so Jessica, I'm so happy to have you here on the podcast. Oh, it's so good to be with you. You're one of my favorites. Yeah. So why don't you give us a little background into, um, I always like to start with the episode. What what got you to where you are today? Um, what kind of, where's your world been that led you to PR? How did you get so cozy on camera? So it started with wanting to be a talk show host when I was nine years old. So I'm 40. So Phil Donahue was the bee's knees as far as I was concerned as a child. And if you don't know who Phil Donahue is, I would just say, go ask your parents or your grandparents for that matter. And when I was younger, I just turned every like every doll scenario into some sort of talk show. And that's so just, funny. Yeah, that, in, that inspired me to then turn book reports in school, like in third grade, also into a talk show. So people who I went to school with, elementary school, high school, college, like no one is surprised that I pursued a TV career because I had sort of, you know, let it be known from a very early age that this was the path. And then I went to Northwestern University. I went to their journalism school called the Medill School of Journalism for college and graduate school. Got more experience there. At some point in my college experience, I lived in Lexington, Kentucky and reported for a CBS affiliate. In graduate school, I went to Washington DC and covered Capitol Hill for a CBS affiliate in Vermont. That was all part of my school program. So I knew then I was on the right track and continued my broadcast career long after grad school. But how I got to where I am today as in like this actual moment was once COVID hit, every speech that I had got canceled. And I'd been on a speaking tour since I was a teenager talking about how affluence is not a requirement for influence. And Mm. I've been working with Entrepreneur Magazine and contributing to their video network for the past five years. And I've 
carried these video segments week to week to week and have really enjoyed that. But that's not my income by any means. I don't get paid to contribute. I have to have some sort of outside job to still wear that journalism hat. So I just sort of thought to myself, okay, when I started my production company in 2013, it was to empower young people and let them know they're not alone. I had in my news life been covering a lot of cyberbullying stories and teen suicide stories. So I just wanted to help people directly who might be struggling with a bunch of different things in life. And all of that required me to think, okay, what am I going to do to actually make an income to keep all of these projects afloat. So media training was always a part of that production company consulting and helping people with PR. But when COVID hit and everything got canceled, it just seemed then that everyone had time to handle media training in their schedule in a way that they didn't prior. And that is when media training and storytelling coaching really took off. And it's now what I do all day, every day. And, you know, it's what I truly love because so many people, as you said, struggle with being camera shy. And I'm working with these unbelievable human beings who have changed the world. And when I get to sit with them for their first session, they say, I don't know what makes me interesting. And then we, we kind of dive from there. I, first of all, I'm so proud and I'm like so excited to like hear all of this because when you and I had first initially connected, I feel like it was just when everything was like shutting down. This, yeah. Yeah. You, like it was kind of right during that time. And I remember there being like, it, I feel like it was like right after like the two weeks, right? Like it's just going to be like a couple weeks. And we, we were all realizing that like, this is going to be a little like longer than two weeks. Right. And you were thinking like, I, I don't know when I'm going to get in a room again again with like hundreds of people when that's actually going to be happening. Um, and so it's so exciting for me to see that you've like really kind of found your way in how you can consult and connect with these uh, high performing people who are just uncomfortable in the virtual setting and, and, or like on stage and speaking. And I, you know, I think of this, it's so interesting because like, I always talk, I'm in, I'm in such the world of like virtual, right? I'm in such a digital space and I have been for a while, especially being that my background is from, is in brand design, right? And graphic design. So the computer and virtual world is like so comfortable for me that social media was an easy segue for me. It was, is really comfortable for me to start showing up on social media, but so many people who who do come from various different backgrounds or different walks of life and didn't either if whether they didn't like grow up with social media or or they did but like are just getting into building a business online and now need to like show up and talk or speak or record content for a course or host a webinar or like do anything like that in that way this is so foreign so brand new so nerve-wracking and like to be quite frank I think a lot of people it's debilitating for them to be able to like actually get out there and grow their business and I think the truth is that it's not going anywhere and we do need to learn how to get comfortable in the online space how to get comfortable showing up and and how to like leverage our you know uniqueness and our knowledge and our expertise to a larger audience whether that is in person or in a virtual setting 
And it's uncomfortable because everything that you just said, I just reflect on the past year that I've been through, which is when you and I first connected and I had shared with you that a friend of mine said, you know, you really should have an online course and a webinar or something that had been something people had been echoing for years. And I kept thinking in my own world, okay, well, what would I even create? That would be 10 modules deep. And then it clicked for me like, okay, the one thing that I could talk about for an entire day is everything related to PR and how to prepare for your gig and then what to do with your media clip after you've been on the Today Show or your local news or your local newspaper. But it took a full year because I think you and I talked last summer and I just recently, as in this summer, launched a masterclass and filmed a course that's in the process of being edited and will be launched soon. But for a year, all I did was re research other people's courses and how to launch a course and how to market a course. And, you know, what's the pricing of a course? And there was so much analysis paralysis in my own world that I know that when you're going out of your comfort zone, how scary and overwhelming that process can feel. So what I try to do for the people who are coming at this from, I'm overwhelmed at the thought of being, you know, presented to the world through the media, or I'm working in a company that now my boss has asked me to make presentations virtually to potential investors. And I'm freaking out about that because I don't like doing it in person, let alone doing it from my house where I have a toddler in the background and a dog barking or whatever it might be. You know, I try to help people take the overwhelm out of that process and the way that you help people take overwhelm out of the branding journey, because it can feel like you're married to every idea and you sometimes need an outside person to come in and say, okay, these are the nuggets of gold that you're sitting on. Let's work with these pieces of information and then help you launch your brand palette from here or your graphics from there. And that's your world. And what I do is in my world, I pull out the talking points and say, okay, these are the, the nuggets that you should share in an interview. And when you're asked this question and you don't, want an, you don't want to answer that question either because you don't know the answer or because your company is going through a crisis, this is how you respond. This is how you pivot. So in the same way you give people confidence to launch their brand identity, I help people launch their brand story and share that story with the world, but through the media. So good. So what is, what does that look like right now for people who are, you know, maybe in a position like me where they, you know, like they, I don't have a massive budget to like invest in PR, but I want to get myself out there. And I, and I want to get a lot of this to me relates to building authority in your industry. Right. So like, how do we hyper-focus in on, um, or know what to hyper-focus in on in what we're showing up and speaking about, or if someone asks us to talk or we're going on a podcast interview and even on these small levels, like what does that look like for someone who is on their own um, and wants to kind of get clear on what those things could be for them? So I think the first thing you need to do is establish your basic set of question and answers. So this way you really boil down what is it that you want to talk about. But before you even get into the thought leadership buckets, like are you going to talk about branding and marketing or entrepreneurship or employee management or boosting company morale, like whatever, whatever the broader topics might be, if you are a small business owner, your direction should be 
Why did you start your company? How is your company different from the other companies that are out there? And, you know, how does your company work? Like the basic, basic bare bone questions that if you were at a dinner party and you said to someone, oh, I am the CEO of blah, blah, blah. What do you think those follow-up questions from that person would look like? And start practicing what those answers would be and get them to 20 seconds or less. If you are an employee someplace, and let's say you have a side hustle, or let's say you've overcome adversity and you wanna be sharing your story, you have to think the same thing. I'm at a dinner party and, I'm, and someone says, oh, like what do you do or what do you do outside of work? And you say, I'm an advocate for blah, blah, blah. The follow-up questions, the natural questions in that situation might be, oh, well, what made you interested in this field or what inspired you to take action here? So getting your story down, I think is really important and also getting it down in a way that you don't go on and on and on is key. Mm -hmm. Then from there, you can start looking at other people who are similar to you or have a similar story or a similar background and see where they're being featured. And then look at the reporter who did that piece and start following those journalists on social media and engage with them, comment on their stories, repost them, share them on other outlets and tag them because that helps you build relationships with these people. So in a few weeks or in a few months, when you come to them and you pitch them an idea, they know who you are because people like me on my Instagram, people will send me DMs all the time or they'll take a piece that I did on entrepreneur and they'll share it and they'll write a note like Jessica Avo TV loved this piece on blah, blah, blah. And I, I don't have such a huge following that that gets lost in the noise. I always respond to those people. Oh my gosh, thanks so much for watching the piece and thanks for sharing the piece, what have you. And people have then later in time pitched me their own company and I know who these people are. So I think you wanna get your story and your talking points organized. They don't have to be perfect. I think you wanna start seeing where people like you are showing up in the press and you wanna start following up with those journalists and building relationships with them. So when you're ready, say you are a business that supports women, maybe you're going to wanna to pitch people around International Women's Day or around Mother's Day. Maybe you are a company that gives back. So you wanna be in people's minds and in people's inboxes when it's Giving Tuesday come November or pre-Thanksgiving when we're thinking about giving back around the holiday season. So there are calendar, Hallmark calendar dates, and then there are all the, you know, donut day kind of days. Right. And your company might fall into one of those categories, but it'll be easier to pitch someone once you've had a rapport with them for a little bit. Yeah, that's so good to hear. And it's, it's actually really comforting to hear that because I think like the idea of PR or getting press or connecting um, with publishers feels so out of touch. Like if I'm, that's like the word that comes to me is it feels like I, I couldn't do that as my, as just an individual. And I think a lot of people relate to feeling that way of like, you've got to be like with a PR agency in order for you to be able to like get press. So feeling like it's not weird, right. Or like uncomfortable to be reaching out or to be commenting or engaging with other publishers content, um, is, is, um, like it feels really approachable and doable and that feels good. <laughs> And there's also the notion of guest posting. So if you go to Mind Body Green, for example, there is a process that you can submit your article idea, your blog to, and you can guest post. So that's another way to get in the door. Medium has a bunch of different opportunities. Also medium.com. There are so many different platforms on Medium that you can guest post for as well. And 
a lot of the business entities that are out there, you know, um, even CNN has an op-ed feature, you know, where you can submit something. So I think people have to just think a little outside the box. But when my book came out, I did make the decision, even though I've been in the news business for 20 years, and I have a very long contact list of journalists that I could approach when the book was on shelves, I still made the decision to hire a publicist for myself because two things. One, I didn't want to deal with the day-to-day emails and follow-ups because I didn't have time. I had a newborn and this book that required me to be traveling and doing other things. So I needed there to be a hub where people could be sending out the book on my behalf and following up with journalists to make my life easier. I also didn't want to deal with the rejection of people that I knew having to say no and it being awkward because some of those people I had done favors for in my life, I'd gotten their children internships or whatever else. And I just knew that they weren't the decision makers in every scenario. And I didn't want to just like make things awkward. So it made sense for me at that time to hire help. And if you are at a place in your business where financially you can sign up with a PR agency or a freelancer for three months, I would say like three months is your minimum, um, then I would say do it, but just make sure you're picking a publicist who works and has contacts in your industry because it doesn't help if you, let's say for you, Nikki, you're in the business sector, given that you're branding and you know entrepreneurship with you, the company that you have, it would not help you to go to a fashion PR boutique agency unless you in some way, shape or form were launching you know, with a designer, some new branding experience. So I think people make the mistake of being sold into this, you know, reality that a PR firm will put in front of them and promise them the sun, the moon and the stars. And they're just not the right fit in the same way people pitch me, you know, here's a great story for you. Like it's a product and they want it to be part of a tabletop segment. Well, if anyone looked at what I do, I don't do tabletop segments. I do profiles on the founder who created the products you would see in a tabletop segment. And for those who don't know what a tabletop segment is, that's when you see an influencer or a spokesperson walk, you know, behind a table and say, oh, you know, for back to school, like this backpack is $9.99. And for every backpack bought, one is donated. And this bag of pens souls for $21.99, you know, like we'll secretly tell you the answer to every math problem, like whatever it might be, <laughs> that's the gadget and the gizmo of 2021. Those are the tabletop segments. So cool. Okay. So I love that. Um, that makes total sense. And I am in full agreement that if you are um, at a stage in your business where you can make that investment, I think it's fully worth doing that. And I think it's cool that before you're there, there's other ways for you to be like connecting and building a network. Um, and I also think that doing that proactively before you get to the point where you then can connect with, an, with a PR freelancer um, or an agency, um, having those connections could, I'm sure, transfer really well into like the setting of like, yeah, I've been featured here already, did this on my own, um, my wiping my hands, help me out. Yeah. Um, and I think something that people forget to do is once you get those clips, update everything you have as seen on, as featured in. And that goes across the board, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere. And also make sure all of your platforms look and sound the same. So it shouldn't be that, you know, your company has a lowercase, you know, letter in its name on LinkedIn, but it's all in caps someplace else. And it shouldn't be you talk about your media placements on Instagram, but nowhere else. It should be 
really consistent all across the board. And the reason why I think it's good that you as an entrepreneur track PR opportunities in addition to if you hire a publicist and especially if you're doing it on your own is because that that's just a boost of confidence for you to know people are talking about your industry and about stories like yours. Most people think oh, they've already covered, you know, this alcohol company being started by a female founder. They'll never cover me because I'm an alcohol company started by a female founder. Okay, well, maybe they won't cover it that month because they just did it, but follow up with that reporter and say, next time when you're doing a feature like this or if there's another series or, or another opportunity I'd love to be considered they're not going back to that person they just covered so why not get on their radar so you can be the person that they profile next time so good it feels like keeping a pulse on what's going on in your industry and in your world in relation to press to PR to articles etc is like so so important um, and just something again it's like doesn't have to be your main focus but like having a pulse on what's going on and being able to like dedicate time to that um, so good so what about for the people who are um nervous on camera and shy and like, uh, you know what I mean? Like are lacking the confidence to even like put together the thing to share, you know, or are hesitant to reach out and even do the stuff that we're talking about because like, I'm too afraid to even like get on a video interview. So that's the majority of people. Many people would rather jump out of an airplane than go live on television. It's just not the most comfortable thing. Yeah. So I would say the things that trip people up the most are they don't know when to stop talking. So okay. they get really nervous and anxious the more they go on and on and on because okay. they haven't boiled down their talking points to just one thought per sentence. And they haven't mastered the art of just knowing when to full stop, put a period there and just not go on anymore. So <laughs> there's that. Then there's the component of people feeling like they just don't like their shot. They don't know what to wear and they feel like they're not well lit and they're nervous that their dog is going to bark in the background. So they don't have the environment that they feel confident in. And that does not take a long time. That's just a matter of what I do with a lot of clients is they'll hold their laptop and they'll walk me around their house and we'll end up in a corner or in a really random place that will be a beautiful shot. And they're like, I never in a million years would have thought this is where I need to land when I sit down to do an interview. But now they look like they're in a state-of-the-art professional studio and really they're just sitting in a little pocket of their apartment and it works. That's and then the, awesome. last, <laughs> the last piece is feeling like I don't know what's coming. So for a lot of people, they worry about what I call gotcha questions. So if they are doing an interview about their product, they walk into the um, interview being really nervous that they're going to be asked about their revenue or their recent raise. And they're, if they don't want to talk about that, or if they lack diversity on their board and they worry they're going to be called out about that, that's where I actually start with the training. After we've boiled down talking points, I go into what are the things that you would be so afraid someone would ask you? And let's figure out how you'll answer those questions first because then you'll be able to handle anything else that comes your way. So I think a lot of people walk into interviews with a lot of fear that someone's going to put them in the hot seat instead of realizing that they're just going to talk about a lipstick or a nail polish or um, some sort of gadget that they've created or an app or a software company or an AI, whatever, you know, virtual thing that they've developed. Um, I have a lot of people now talking about crypto and NFTs and 
they're still just as nervous that they're going to be asked something that they won't be able to pivot. So I think just knowing what makes you afraid to answer and knowing that you have well-crafted, well-thought-out answers, either that you have approved and or your legal team has approved. If you have a legal team, then I think running by all of your content you know, all of, all of your content by them is important. These are the kinds of things that help us have more confidence. So when we walk into an interview, we know we are prepared. We know that we are being well-produced because we've spent the time, you know, thinking about the lighting that we might need or other factors that go into production. And we know that we are prepared in that we know how to pivot and anything can come our way and we know how to handle ourselves. Mm -hmm. The big theme I'm hearing here is like setting yourself up for success. And this is like, you know, I teach this in the branding world and it's, you know, the, the ways to set yourself up for success in terms of that. And this feels like the same thing. It's like identifying the triggers before the actual event happens so that you're prepared and you're ready and your confidence cup is full and you're going into it like as well equipped as you could possibly be. Yeah. And, you know, I'm starting a masterclass in September. So, and we have a couple of spots left. So if anyone's listening and they want more information, they can get in, in touch with me for that. But the, the women who I have in this, it's open up to everyone. It just happens to be that women kind of took these slots very quickly um, because in my private coaching, I have probably more men than women as my private clients. So it's just interesting. interesting how that all yeah. But I make, I make people cry equally because we dig deep in these sessions, oh, no. we like major breakthroughs, but, um, but you know, but I have uh, one woman who is um, presenting at NIH and I have another person who is doing one-on-one -on -one coaching with private clients. And whether you're presenting in front of thousands of people or you're just talking to one person, the basics are still the same, which is you wanna be relatable. You wanna be thoughtful in what you say. You wanna connect whether you are with one person or you're in front of a thousand people with the people or that person who is listening to you. And if you don't feel like you have set yourself up for success, if you don't feel like you have your messaging clear and you don't know what it is that you want your audience to walk away with, then it can be equally daunting in either scenario to feel like you just aren't prepared. Mm -hmm. And I think no matter the size or no matter the relationship of the people you're working with, there are ways to, to be prepared and to really help people in the way that you set out to help them in the first place when you got started. I love this. Thank you so much. So you have a masterclass coming up. Um, you said that's in a couple of weeks. Okay, yep. cool. So sorry. And the door just chimed. So, um, so yeah, have a masterclass starting, um, starting in mid September. So if people are interested in that, they can contact me and then there will be a downloadable course that people can watch on their own coming out shortly thereafter. So um, I, I post everything on Instagram or people people can go to my website, which is just jessicaabo.com and sign up for my newsletter and all of those announcements will be coming out there. Perfect. And if you, um, we will post links to all of this inside of the show notes as well, so that you can check out the sign up for her masterclass, all the details, um, get details on her upcoming course stuff. Jessica, thank you so much for sharing all this information with us today. It's been eye-opening, enlightening, and um, it feels like I feel a little lighter about like PR and press. I'm like, oh yeah, like this is like doable. This can happen. Yeah. So yeah, thank you. 
Well, go out and do it. And just keep in mind, you know, there's probably someone somewhere that you are inspired by and you can't imagine your world without, but they had to put themselves out there for you to know about them. So in time, there will be people for everyone listening who are thinking, I can't imagine my life without so-and-so, you know, without Nikki and without Sally and Amy and Nicole and Rachel and Joe and Jeff and Michael, because they learned about your story, they read about you and you inspired them or they're working with you currently and they wouldn't be where they are without you. So don't deprive the world of knowing about you. Mm -hmm. That's so good. I always say, um, I always tell my audience and my clients, I'm like, if, if people don't know you exist, they can't pay you. Like they can't work with you. They can't experience you. So every time that you don't show up in your authenticity, that you don't show up and share that little thing on a story or a live or a little download that you got and you don't share it, it's a missed opportunity for you to have a connection with your, what could be like your ideal dreamiest clients. So um, I am with you. You're amazing, Nikki. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Have a wonderful day. You too.